Hello everyone, welcome to the third episode of Wellness with Wambui with me, your host Wambui, BIPOC wellness advocate and decolonizing wellness consultant. Today I'm going to read some excerpts from this very powerful book called Radical Dharma, Talking Race, Love and Liberation, written by Reverend Angel Kyodo Williams, Lama Rod Owens with Yasmin Siedula, PhD, y'all. This book is incredible, it's not easy, it's powerful, and it's healing and liberatory. I suggest everyone, no matter your social location, to go get yourselves a copy. There's also audio copies if you prefer to listen. This is potentially transformative. I'm going to read excerpts of some of the most powerful um, words I've come across, the most healing words I've come across for me personally. And so I offer that you get comfortable, you lie down, have a cup of tea, and if you can please give me your undivided attention for the next 17 minutes or so, um, this will not be time wasted. So here we are. Uh, Now, these are Buddhist practitioners, but please know that this can be applied whether or not you're interested in Buddhism or yoga or spiritual practice, Eastern spiritual practices. These can be applied to the society at large. So please just use kind of the context that's going to work for you. Dharma practice called my attention to the deepest of my investments in white supremacy and made me feel without sugarcoats, without apology or redemption, how deeply destructive it is to live in the afterlife of slavery as the embodied and constant reminder of the unexamined trauma of the white experience. And and just a little caveat here, um, these three authors are writing from the black American experience, so then I just offer that you make the context to fit your own experience, whether it's with colonialism, etc., etc., So her meditation became a practice when she met her Dharma teacher. She is an angel in the form of a dragon. Her Dharma, which is basically her uh, approach to teaching, her Dharma was not all namaste, namaste. Her practice was fiery, full-on gangster compassion, unapologetically black. It queered the calm of the sitting sensibility I had elsewhere, and it was a practice not af- it was not a practice afraid of sound of sorrow or song of people catching the spirit and making joyful noises even in the stillness of the zendo and that's a meditation hall in zen buddhism reverend angel's practice evolved a lot over the years i sat with her but the feeling of belonging in a deep sense was always there welcoming my blackness next section By the time I met Rev Angel, my anger had developed a voice, but not a center. I was not quite out of control, but lack of an ability to center meant I was reactionary, compulsive. I was learning to pay attention to myself, to my feelings, but they felt uncontainable, like they were consuming me. Can you relate? I mean, I grew up needing to silence my rage, and my anger Um, and so finally these next years where I found I could finally voice my anger it was powerful 
but it was overwhelming and it was consuming me and so I just it's so sort of powerful to think of having a center your anger having a center where you're not suppressing it but you're not necessarily like destructively expressing it you know what I mean that just gives me a lot of hope to know that I can move in the world that I can speak what I need to speak with my anger having a center so moving on I'm just going to flip the page here so you'll know that what the what the little pause is Next section, the tiptoeing around race and other forms of difference as if in fear of waking a sleeping lion is one of the most subtly toxic attributes of whiteness in our culture right now. Everyone fears making mistakes. For white folks though, the coexistence of being historically lauded as the creators of what is right, making mistakes must be hard. We are all waking up. It is going to get messy. The good news is there are brooms and there are rags end section and I just want to say for those who historically haven't been used to using brooms and rags chop 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 next section here this comes from Martin Luther King Jr's speech called a time to break silence and they chanted it, Reverend Angel and Lamarod chanted it in January 2015 at the Brooklyn Zen Center. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It is not haphazard and superficial. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. A true revolution of values will soon look uneasily on the glaring contrast of poverty and wealth and say, this is not just. The Western arrogance of feeling that it has everything to teach others and nothing to learn from them is not just. A true revolution of values will lay hands on the world order and say of war, this way of settling difference is not just. End quote. Did you ever think how absurd it is that we go to war in order to have peace? That's kind of weird, right? And now, what is called a kinder, gentler suffering. Lama Rod. The question I have is when is enough enough? When do we finally start making the choices to confront, to interrogate, and to strategize around the forces of hate, materialism, and devaluing? How do we create antidotes to the otherness that many of us feel in our communities? How do we practice self-agency and reimagining our lives, not within the context of someone else's imagination, but within our own? Not within an imagination that is about control and domination, about silence and hate, especially self-hate. How do you take that power away from people? These are the questions I started with when I began my dharma practice those dozen or so years ago. I wanted to seek refuge. I wanted peace from the overwhelming trauma of being all these identities. I was seeking liberation from this deep, deep hunger, this deep, deep sense of loneliness, this deep, deep sense of feeling like I didn't matter, that I wasn't important, that no one cared. 
What I was able to see was that liberation was up to me. And that's what my early Dharma teachings were really about. Liberation was a choice and at some point I had to choose liberation on my own. That resonates with me a lot, Lama Rod. I feel like you are looking into my 20-year-old soul self. And um, Reverend Angel continues, I want to chime in because what I hear a lot is people asking questions about navigating their centers and their spiritual homes and about what those people are doing rather than people taking responsibility for themselves, you know, you know. What we're missing in Dharma communities communities is that people seem to have forgotten that this is about liberation and that is a significant challenge I see all over the place. I think that we're settling for this as a result of white skin privilege and white supremacy and the complacency it engenders snaps, snaps all around. We've ended up settling for a kinder, gentler suffering rather than actually seeking and seeing our practice in our communities and our sanghas as places for liberation. And sangha is a Sanskrit term for our spiritual communities, right? It's, as this younger brother said when I was, a Buddhist, when I was at Buddha Fest, which is a conference held in Washington, D.C., it's like a white finishing school, and people are just trying out how to be nicer to each other. But it's all within those confines of Puritan values of whiteness, and you can add your own, whether it's Lutheran or something else. Puritan values of whiteness foisted upon the country at large, which are to not interrupt, to not confront, to not challenge, to not say things when you see things, because I guarantee you that most of the racism that is occurring and most of the really pervasive presence of white supremacy that gives rise to the discomfort that we're feeling and the misalignment that we're feeling in our communities is happening in the presence of perfectly good people who know better, that know that this is not what they want to see in themselves. But we've all acquiesced to minding our business, and that's not liberation. And Lama Rod concludes... Part of me wants to articulate this experience of feeling colonized within American Buddhism. And I'm just going to add slash American yoga slash European Buddhism slash European yoga. Um, And global, I would say. Reverend Angel and myself, we have to have a practice to sit here and talk about white supremacy and racism and valuing others. But even if we do this in a loving way, there are still people who will resist it and still call it aggressive. When we start talking about how these kinds of systems and structures are reproduced in sanghas, then we are met with this wall. Why are you being so aggressive? Why are you being angry? Why are you yelling? Meanwhile, you haven't even raised your voice yet. Relatable content. Or then you're just met with silence. And to conclude, Reverend Angel, and this sort of speaks to the way to navigate capitalism and this sort of consumption society as um, spiritual teachers. Too many of us Dharma teachers, yoga teachers, spiritual teachers, healers, 
have also given up our authenticity because our livelihood is tied to people's feeling of being comfortable. Too many of us are more and more willing to allow a kinder, gentler suffering. Just give people a little bit of salve, a little bit of balm on their suffering and not really touch the place of challenge and woundedness that needs to be touched to release the energy so that people can actually find their liberation. Okay. And then I just want to continue. If it's all warm and fuzzy all the time, then someone is really not dropping wisdom. Otherwise, it just means that we're all sitting in here awake already, right? Because that's about the only time that it should stay warm and fuzzy, is if we're already awake. If that's not what's happening, if you're not being challenged, if you're not feeling uncomfortable, and particularly made uncomfortable by the teacher, someone's dropping the ball. I'm not saying you're wasting your time. Maybe you want kinder, gentler suffering. Maybe that's what you're in it for. But if it's liberation you're after and you're not experiencing discomfort, liberation is not where you're headed. You just need to know that. And so I love that because there's that mix of wisdom and compassion. Because, you know, guess what? Not everybody wants to be free. Many want to be comfortable and just kind of pass through life um, as comfortably as possible because, you know, life is already much harder than it needs to be especially now with with what we're living through. And so this combination of wisdom and compassion is extremely inspiring. And so that's the question I'll leave with you today. Do you wish to be comfortable? Or do you wish to be free? Sometimes I fluctuate back and forth between both comfort and freedom. But I do ultimately wish to be free. And so that's the risk I'm willing to take. Please keep in touch with me. Let me know what you would like to talk about. Let me know if you have any questions. You can leave me a voice note at anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash wellness with Wambui, W-A-M-B-U-I forward slash message and I'll go ahead and leave the link in the show notes in the meantime happy April stay safe stay dangerous join me on my patreon community there's lots of things happening over there soon I'll be starting my yoga classes there on patreon so you definitely don't want to miss that in the meantime be well